Welcome to The Lab. What's going on all you Brainiacs out there and welcome back to yet another episode of the Fantasy Football Laboratory. I am your host, the King of Trade, Shane Palmer, joined as always by Spitfire Lucas Parrish. What's going on, guys? And the chemist, Jack McGrath. Shane, how are we doing today? For those of you that don't know, I am, once again, yes, TikTok famous. Our TikTok has blown up. uh, Mildly. Just a bit. Why don't you guys... I'm suffering from success over here and no one else wants to hype me up. (laughs) I got 1,200 followers in three days. That's huge. That's pretty bad. I mean, it's, it's TikTok. Like, 1,200 followers isn't that much on TikTok, but, like... It's impressive. Good job, Shane. Thank you. I think it's more impressive the one video that got 500,000 views. I think that's the what you need to... Not not 1,000 followers on TikTok, but a 500,000-view video, that's pretty nice. Lucas, what's your highest views on a video that you made with somebody? Like, 50,000. 50,000? Yeah. Get that when I go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure Gosh. you do. What was the video? It was the one of... You know the one I'm talking about. Which one? It's not important. We don't need to talk about that. We're here to talk about the NFL draft. Yeah. I'm shocked he didn't want to, he didn't want to yeah. hype up his own video here. Man, yeah. look at this guy. We're talking about the NFL draft today. We're going to start with round one and work our way all the way to round seven with whatever is there to even talk about. We're going to stretch this out as long as possible because there are fantasy impacts to be had everywhere, both positive and negative. I've updated my entire rankings Lucas has not yet. Jack, have you? I have not yet, no. Okay, so I'm the one here that's going to have all the power as I have. I'm, I'm doing it as we're going. I'm doing it as we're going. I have an idea of where I want I also have an idea of where I want these guys to be at. All right, well. We're, we're fine. All right, we're going to get right into it then. I don't know how much time you guys want to spend on picks one and two since we've known it for so long. Nah. But it was Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars and Zach Wilson to the Jets. You know, actually, no, that one shocked... I'm just kidding. Of course it didn't shock me. That We knew that was coming yeah. along. I'm, there's nothing there to talk about anymore. I mean, they're both exactly where they were before the draft, and that's going to be Trevor Lawrence's. He's going to be a low-end QB2, and Zach Wilson, you're probably not drafting at this point still. A low-end QB2? I don't know if I'd put Trevor Lawrence that low. I have, Trevor, La- I have Trevor Lawrence, as of right now... One spot behind Ryan Fitzpatrick at 18 overall that in, my QB two. in my quarterback rankings. 18 overall? That's a mid-tier QB2, and that's fine. Low in QB2, you're Low talking in QB2 20 would, to 24. would be like, I have Baker Mayfield at 23. Okay. I'd say that's wow, low in QB2. You are way lower on Baker Mayfield than I am. I have him as a high in QB2. We talked about this. That doesn't make much sense. We... <laughs> And I mean, the Browns added no. And we can talk about this now. The Browns added no one really. Yeah, I, just, I do want to see them. Tr- like as much as you don't typically want to see them trade away talent for their quarterback, I do want to see them trade away OBJ for Baker Mayfield's sake, which is a weird thing to say. But yeah, I, I Trevor Lawrence ahead of Baker Mayfield, and I have Justin Fields ahead of Baker Mayfield. And yeah. We could talk about Fields in a second. Uh, next big offensive pick that we can talk about here is, well, I guess. Not much to say about Trey Lance either at pick three because I don't think he's going to start this year. Yeah, mm. I don't think he will. I don't know, man. You take him with the third pick in a Kyle Shanahan offense with a contender. Well, but you also have to think, like, they've got Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a quarterback who can yeah. get you to a Super Bowl with a good enough team around you. So, you know, I, I think that I think their, their thinking was we, we can't really do anything with Jimmy Garoppolo this year. Kyle Shanahan on his interviews was saying that he was gawking over... Trey Lance's tape. He obviously likes sure. it a lot. I mean, absolutely. His tape was phenomenal. Issue was, his tape was at an, an FCS level, and, and though I don't agree with that being used against him for his draft stock, 
I do agree that that means that this learning curve to the NFL is going to be That's quite fair. a bit steeper. That's fair. And so I, I think that, you know, because you also have to think when you look at FCS, right, the receivers you were throwing to, also FCS talent. The separation they get, it's the same. So in regards to his potential, absolutely, I wouldn't use FCS against him. But in regards to is he ready to start in the NFL right now, I mean, I, I don't think so. I think I'd put him five of five on the list of first-round quarterbacks on is he ready to start right now. Jimmy Garoppolo gets eight games, and even if he goes 500, he's still the starter. Yeah. yeah that's how that's I'm fair. looking at it right that's now. Fair. Yeah. If he flounders to one and seven or two and six, then yeah. maybe they consider Trey Lance. Yeah. Other than that, it's Jimmy G as of right now. Yeah. I can't see any difference. No, Absolutely. I completely agree. That's legit. Kyle Pitts to the Atlanta Falcons. We, we've been talking about this one a little bit, a little bit uh, more lately, too, because it just seemed more and more apparent every single day. In my in my rankings, I have him at five. Yeah. I mean, I have it, him at it's, five. It's not, uh, that's not a super crazy thing. Who do you have at four? You have Mark Andrews still ahead of him? No, you know what? I have Hawkinson. There we go. And I put a yeah. tweet out last night asking people who they'd rather have, and everyone was on the hype train sure. of Kyle Pitts. And, and, I mean, understandably so, right? Uh, Kyle Pitts, he's the exciting one, right? He's he's new and shiny. Everyone's, like, been hyping up this prospect. Oh, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, he's the one of the, possibly the greatest tight end prospect ever out of uh, Florida. I mean, you have... You know Aaron Hernandez, but we don't we don't need to talk about him. But Kyle Pitts is, and and rightfully so. Here's the problem that that I have. You know, you still have to think about he's a rookie. You know, and and I don't care how talented you are, still a steep learning curve to the NFL, especially for the tight end position. And and granted, Kyle Pitts is the most athletically gifted tight end that we've seen come into the league for a long time. That's why I still have him as a solid tight end one. But I, I'm still going to take a Mike Kosicki and a Mark Andrews and a TJ Hawkinson over a Kyle Pitts at this point. I'll take him over Irv Smith, though. I've got him at seven. I am at four right now. Yeah, I think and you are on that hype train. I am on that hype train. He deserves to have that hype train. He caught 12 touchdowns at Florida last ceiling. year. His ceiling is four. Problem is, I think his floor is quite a bit lower just because he's a rookie. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think you could say that, but also he was the fourth overall pick. He is... Once again, one of the best tight end prospects we've ever seen. He's an immediate contributor. They might trade Julio Jones, and I think no, even if they don't, that's I think even what if they I'm don't. waiting for. If they trade yeah, Julio Jones, go. he goes to he four. Goes, I would agree with that. If not, you have Ridley and you have Julio yep. there who are established into that offense, especially after we saw Ridley's emergence yep. last year. Those guys are locked into their roles. We, yep. we know what we're going to see out of both of those guys. I definitely think that Kyle Pitts being there also elevates Matt Ryan yeah, uh, sure. in terms of quarterback. They're going to throw the ball so much. I have Matt Ryan at QB 13 right now. Right now, Mike they Davis is their the running back. Up. So, I mean, they're going to be airing it out, and they're going to be running and gunning the entire time. But think about it. The, the Lions, and this is something that I, I couldn't believe, but then I also could believe because I guess we know how bad the Lions are going to be, and I guess they kind of know how bad they're going to be. They focused a lot on defense this draft obviously offensive line and defense they did have one of the worst run defenses in the league last year so that is a very fair thing to sure up but Hawkinson's the guy there yeah like when you look at the targets I know they have Brashad Perriman Quintus Cephas I know they added uh Lucas who's the wide receiver they added uh Dayron oh oh Eskridge no, those Seahawks. Oh, okay, uh, who are you talking about? The Lions. We'll go through it in a little bit later when we get to the third or fourth round. I think it was, but Hawkinson is the is the main guy there, and and Goff is the quarterback. I still trust him enough to get the ball to Hawkinson 
at least five times a game, maybe even you know we could, I, I think he could average eight targets a game at the least for the tight end position. So yeah. as of right now, I'll keep Hawkinson above Pitts. I moved Pitts above Andrews uh, since the Ravens finally added a wide receiver that we'll talk about in a little yeah. bit. But let's move to pick five now and talk about another guy that I knew was going to be locked into this spot, Jamar Chase to the Bengals. Yep. This obviously kills T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd in terms of kills where is I, a strong word. Hmm, it uh, it's not going to kill them. It's it's just not. Good. I'm not touching that wide receiver core as my wide receiver one or no, two for no, sure. No, I, I might I might take a shot. But here's the thing: Jamar Chase is is still probably going to be. Gosh, I don't know because between him and T. Higgins, I just don't know because you you saw obviously the connection between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase at LSU. Yeah. Right, and it was off the charts. But we've seen the connection between Joe Burrow and T. Higgins at the NFL. And sure, maybe it wasn't as strong. They also didn't have as much time together. It was also Joe Burrow's rookie year. I just, I don't know who I would bet to have a, a better season. And everyone's going to say Jamar Chase. Every single person I'm in all say time, Chase you're going to say Jamar Chase. Absolutely. Which is why I'll probably be more likely to take T. Higgins where he's being drafted versus Jamar Chase where he's going to be drafted. But you also have to think Jamar Chase, look, I mean, he's fairly NFL ready. Still a steep learning curve. But where do you think T. Higgins is going to be drafted at this point? I think probably round nine, round eight. I think at the earliest. I don't yeah, think any time anywhere. Fair. And I, I mean, I'd be willing to take a shot on him there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, right now, with all the updates that I, I have done, I have Jamar Chase at wide receiver 33. Okay. I have T. Higgins at wide receiver 36. Okay. And I have Tyler Boyd at wide receiver 39. Okay. So I have them yeah. all extremely close to each other. On that wide receiver 3 four In a range. very similar tier. Yeah. I kind of want to keep them all as wide receiver 3s because I do feel I, I might move Boyd up a little bit. I do feel like they can all be more than a wide receiver 3. One of them is going to emerge one of them's as gonna a, be wide a wide receiver 2 at least. One of them is going to be a wide receiver 2, 100%. It's just we don't know which one that's going to yeah. be. And yeah. that's going to be the difficult thing to, to project as of right now yeah. until maybe we get to training camp and preseason and kind of see yeah. some things out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I mean, I mean, think Tyler Boyd is pretty safely 3 of 3 on that list. But I, between T. Higgins and, and Joe, I know you love, you love Tyler Boyd, but I mean, even last year, T. Higgins was better than Tyler Boyd. As a rookie, you know, and and I just don't expect that to go anywhere. Well, I, I think I will say I can't see Chase being three out of three. Yeah, I just cannot, especially you, we talked. Well, we drafted at five, I could. the connections there. I can't. I could I see can't. it. I could see it. I mean, I, I think it's not as likely as Boyd being three out of three. I, I'd probably go in order of. I think T. Higgins is probably most likely to be the top guy. Chase most likely to be the second guy, and Boyd most likely to be the third guy. But again, I, I think it's really a toss up. I'm like, I'm with Lucas on this one. Okay, it's a toss up. You don't know what's going on there. Well, there's three. There's three guys. I'm not going to take any of them until the eighth, ninth round, and I'll probably take all three in the eighth, ninth round. Yeah, That's right. Where it's you have no <laughs> you, idea. You take a shot on all of them at that point. Yeah. I mean, it elevated. I know they obviously didn't add offensive line with their first pick, but it did for me elevate Joe Burrow into QB one range at QB eleven. Joe Burrow will be throwing well if he can throw <laughs> to the to one of the best receiving cores in the in the NFL next year. Problem Absolutely. Is, uh, don't uh, don't have much protecting him there, but you know we'll uh, we'll we'll see what happens here until the. I was saying I thought starts. for Joe Burrow's fantasy value, I honestly would have rather seen an offensive lineman. I would have rather seen Sewell go. It's there. not like they didn't draft an offensive lineman. They did. Yeah. Yeah. 
They Who are they getting Ryan. back? They're, is it Riley Reef? There's some name that that's coming back from an injury next year. That I they're getting no back idea. at offensive. My tackle. my knowledge of individual offensive linemen in the NFL a little bit shaky. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's, I don't know anyone who knows every single offensive lineman. No, yeah. it, there's just a name that I feel like they were missing last year that they're getting back this year. That's also going to help with the line. Uh, but moving on to number six here, the Dolphins stayed at the pick. And they took Jalen Waddle, another target for Love Tua. Love that. You add that to that wide receiver core. You have Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki, and now Jalen Waddle. Where does he fall in your rankings? Uh, Jalen Waddle is, is going to be probably a wide receiver three. I mean, I, I'd probably have him as the number one guy in Miami, but it's a similar situation. Uh, you've got Will Fuller there, who's an established target. You've got Devontae Parker, Devontae Parker who's an established yeah. target. And you have Mike Kosicki there, who we all think, at least Shane and I think, I'm not sure how high Jack is on Kosicki. A little bit lower on him. But that Kosicki's going to have quite the season. And so if that's the case, Jalen Waddle, who already isn't particularly NFL ready, you know, I I just, actually, you know what, I I don't think he's going to be the number one target. I think that's probably going to go to Will Fuller. I'd probably have Jalen Waddle somewhere in the wide receiver four tier. You know, a lot of high upside there. Well, there's too many mouths to feed, and the question is, do you trust Tua to feed them? I certainly don't trust Tua to feed them consistent fantasy value yeah, we'll week to week, so I'm just not not 100% on Jalen Waddle. He's going to fall. I have Waddle as my third rookie wide receiver, uh, right around 37-38, all in a similar tier, kind of with Devontae Smith, who we're going to talk about in a second. I have them I have them one, one spot separating them. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see him emerge as the number one target eventually this season. I have him... As their number one target right now in my rankings, just based on where I have Fuller uh, three spots behind him and Parker at least eight or nine spots behind Fuller. So I think in the end, Waddle will be the ones to come out on top. I definitely think this also helps, again, Tua's stock for quarterbacks. I have him at QB 16 right now. Yeah, absolutely. That would help him quite a bit. Next up, we have the Lions taking Panay Suell. This didn't do too much for Jared Goff because it's not another target. But it did do some help for DeAndre Swift yep. there. Uh, they obviously also didn't draft a running back. Spoiler alert, they did not. So I currently have DeAndre Swift at running back 15. I've got him at 13. Um, I've got him... Where do I have him? I have him overall around the second round range, third round range at this point. I think he's a little bit... I'm a little bit lower on him still. I don't know how great the offense is going to be. I don't think they score enough, but the line definitely helps. Yeah, I mean, I have him a few picks above David Montgomery, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and a few picks behind Joe Mixon and Najee Harris. That's kind of the range of of where I'm seeing him go. Panthers took a cornerback. Denver took a cornerback. The Eagles took Devontae Smith, and this is the guy that I'm seeing all over fantasy Twitter as the one that's going to replicate Justin Jefferson's season. Obviously, when you have that big of a season... There's never anything that's going to come close to it, usually the second year, because what you did was historic. Uh, but if there's anyone that, that can do it, they're saying it's Devontae Smith. Yep. In my rankings, I have Smith at wide receiver 35, so well, take I mean, here's, that here's as you what will. They're saying. Yeah. Here's what they're saying. Justin Jefferson was the best, the second best route runner behind Jerry Judy last year, though you know he obviously found the most success, was, was a phenomenal route runner last year coming into the season. Devonta Smith is the best route runner in this class. And what they're saying is we expect the, the best route runner to, to be the most productive in his rookie season. And, you know, I wouldn't have a problem with that if not for his size. If if, if he if he adds some size, yeah, absolutely. I, I would be inclined to agree with it. 
I mean, especially in that offense. I mean, I, I'd probably have who is there to two. challenge for nobody. Historic. Nobody. nobody. I mean, Jalen Rieger. Jalen Rieger. He's not going to challenge Devontae Smith. But, but exactly, Devontae Smith. Jalen Rieger will be a a good number two. Devontae yeah. Smith would be their number one. I'm very, very high on Devontae Smith next year. I think he easily has the Justin Jefferson ceiling. He is that good. I don't really care about the size because he did well against SEC cornerbacks last year, and he still is going to be the number one receiver. He's a good route runner. I think he's one of the most pro-ready receivers, if not the most pro-ready receiver out of this draft, so I like Devontae Smith I mean, you should should care about the size, even against SEC cornerbacks, because they're still, you know, 20-year-old kids versus... 26 year old men yeah that's that's a big difference regardless of competition level and, and talent but you know Devonte smith he puts on a little bit of size and, and he could easily be the most productive wide receiver in this draft class where do you have him in in like a tier or or what guys do you think he falls around and around i think right now he probably falls around the um obj hollywood brown kind of tier there okay yeah. You have Hollywood Brown and it's here with OBJ. Yes. Why do you think that's? I I haven't moved Hollywood Brown. Down I have Hollywood yet Brown at forty eight. I have OBJ at thirty three. I was gonna say we'll talk about it again. Well, with the it, then for other comparisons, I also have OBJ back to back with Jarvis Landry. So I'm in the Jarvis Landry tier. I do. Too. I've got them them one spot apart. I have yeah. Jarvis Landry at thirty five. Yeah. Hollywood Brown's still at 48. Brandon so. Cooks is in that tier, too. Yeah, I have Brandon Cooks at 34. Yeah. I have him 33, 34. Can we, can we play the spot, the outlier here? I've got OBJ at 33, Brandon Cooks at 34, Jarvis Landry at 35, Hollywood Brown at 48. Wow. That's pretty crazy. I mean, especially now. like Yeah, yeah now I have to drop him. Now you drop him. We'll He's- talk about Baltimore again in a second. I want to start with Jack's Bears here at 11 first. They got Phenomenal Justin pick. Fields. Again, I, I also I, I love the pick, too. I know they have to trade up a lot to get him, but when you get your guy, you get your guy. Yeah. Uh, as for the wide receiver core there, listen, I think Justin Fields is going to start week one. I yeah. really do. I think he's going to beat out Andy Dalton. I think he's going to be better than whatever Andy Dalton or Nick Foles could have been. I have Allen Robinson as my wide receiver eight now. I moved him all the way up, and I have Darnell Mooney as my wide receiver. Well, here's receiver. the thing. It definitely doesn't hurt. Any of those wide receivers. No. I mean, uh, I don't. A rookie Justin Fields is not any worse than an Andy Dalton or Nick Foles right now for fantasy value. It's it's for for the receiving targets. It's absolutely not. Justin Fields is my number one rookie quarterback. I've got him right now sitting at QB seventeen, and you know I really think that Justin Fields is is going to be a, a stud in this league. I think his slide down the draft board was ridiculous, and that was the pick of the draft. The best pick in the entire draft was the Bears. The Bears had the best first two rounds. No question in my mind. That was a phenomenal pick. Yeah, they got Simon Jenkins with their second pick at 39 as well. The thing with Allen Robinson is he's kind of like an immovable object. It doesn't really matter who his quarterback is. He's going to be in the that top 10. Because last year he had 32 out of he'll 32 be, be probably in Mitchell Trubisky. And then he still finished in the top 10. So Allen Robinson is a top 10 wide receiver basically no matter what. It would be even better if he had a Russell Wilson or the Bears without one of those top guys they were going after. But no, he, he's got Justin Fields. You'll take it still. He's still a top 10 wide receiver. 46. If Darnell Mooney is wide receiver, 46 before yeah. Lucas I was, off. Um, I have Darnell Mooney in the same tier as Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, and Brandon That's Kyle. a weird tier. That's a, I have Darnell Mooney at 55. I haven't moved him up yet. But that's, that's a weird tier, Jack. I want you to know that I think that that tier is weird. Good. We're going for weird here. It's a strange tier. I'm looking through other picks. Obviously, you have some defensive guys. This one I loved. The Chargers at 13 drafted Rashawn Slater, the second-best offensive lineman off of the board. I now have Justin Herbert as my QB7, 
and I have Austin Eckler at RB5. Wow. Okay. okay. That's legit. Wow. I buy it. So you've got Keenan Allen at wide receiver 7. Okay, so who are you drop? Oh, so Alvin Kamara is not in your top five. He is. Okay, so who are you dropping out of the top five? Oh, no, 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 sorry. You probably don't have Zeke in the top five. I, I don't. Apologize. I have him at seven. Okay, okay, that makes sense. But then Nick Chubb is behind him. Yeah. Saquon, Aaron yeah. Jones. Yeah. My tier two is Eckler, Barkley, Zeke, Jones, Chubb. Yeah. It's legit. Yeah. I buy it. I don't hate it. I mean, Austin Eckler. They, they drafted no... Comp- that, I mean, they drafted our guy Larry Roundtree yeah. later on, but he's no competition to Eckler's workload. They fully I've believe in him. Yeah. yeah, He's the guy. He's going to get the pass-catching abilities. He's going to have all the rushing he'll, abilities, he'll have, and he's in a good offense. He'll have the pass-catching stuff. You know, the only question is, like, what's that? if the rushing split is like they did last year, if they're going to continue to do that with Austin Eckler. But I have, have the pass-catching. So. I, I think legitimately this is 100% seriousness. I think he averages in PPR at least 20 points per game. I can see that. I think it, I and Austin it's a consistent Eckler. 22. It's not like he's going off for 35 and then 10, 35 and then 10. He's going to put up like 18, 19, Yeah, I, I really truly believe. I wouldn't have him above guys like Saquon and Zeke if I didn't believe that. But the Chargers, they, they're focusing on their offense. Obviously, again, we have a whole new offensive system here. And I think that with the time that Joe, uh, not Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert can put into this system, I think he's going to come out on yep. top. I, I love him at QB seven. I probably won't even have to draft my QB seven. I have him one Almost spot. Ab- certainly not. I have him one spot above Aaron Rodgers right now because of the whole situation. Well, Aaron Rodgers might retire. So yeah, why so, not matter? Yeah, I, that whole situation is kind of keeping me on edge with that. But I still have one Herbert one spot below Matthew Stafford. Yeah, absolutely. We have at six. Let's move on. Too high, but I mean, you know, high. I like it. Too oh, high on Stafford? No, 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 no. Yes, you're... No, I love Matthew Stafford. You know I love Matthew Stafford. That's too high on Herbert, but we've we've had that conversation before. I don't before. think so. Especially well, what I, they I'm did. Really the they did a new tight end. I'm really glad a new that, wide receiver. that you agree with your own rankings. <laughs> Who'd they draft? Hunter Long? No, that was the Dolphins. They drafted... Um, well, gosh, I'd have to go look. It was... It was. was it... Was it... Um, t- t- was Tremble? Trip. Was it... No, that was the Panthers. Okay. Good lord, you have like all these tight ends memorized except for the they, one that we're looking for. They drafted Josh Palmer. Oh, okay. That was their wide receiver. They took at 77. Trey McKitty out Never of Georgia. Of they took him at 97. They focused heavily on the offense this draft, yeah, really yeah. looking after Justin Herbert. That's why I loved it. Yep. I loved it for him. Jets at 14 took Elijah Vera Tucker at guard. That helps Zach Wilson immediately. Immediate impact there on the left side. Going to have Becton and Tucker there. Not much to talk about because the Jets didn't draft a running back all the way until round four, and we'll get to that. Patriots. When, when we get to it, I think there's going to be some, I'll have some some good takes there, but continue. 15 is Mac Jones. Now, I don't think he starts the year, and if he does, I think then... he comes in pretty quickly, though. It, if, listen, it depends. I, it depends on how Cam Newton plays. I, I personally trust, I, I personally like Cam Newton a little bit for, I mean, I say like for the year, like in the sense of... I like him to be the starter for the Patriots for, if not the entire season, most of the season, because I expect him to play better. But, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I have Cam Newton all the way in, like, the high 20s for quarterback right now, just because I don't know how long he's going to yeah. be the starter for. And if he is not the starter and it's Mac Jones, I can't see him sitting on the bench. Yeah. I think he forces his way out of yeah, there and tries fair. to find a starting job somewhere But where's he going to find a starting job at this point? Houston. 
If Maybe. he really wants to. I mean, if he really wants to. Well, we've got a little quarterback competition there if Deshaun Watson's not there. so I don't have Deshaun Watson in my rankings anymore. I took him out. Yeah. I have Tyrod Taylor at 32. Yep. The last Probably. on my list. Yep. I can't do it. There's no reason to. Why even speculate anymore? Yep. That's right. Absolutely no need. So if Mac Jones isn't the starter and it's Cam Newton, maybe I'll move Cam Newton up just a little bit more. But I don't think there's too much to talk about here anymore. Cardinals took defense. Raiders took an offensive lineman. Alex Terrible Leatherwood. Pick, but it, they made up for it in the second round by taking a guy who nobody would have batted an eye if they took him at their pick in the first round. So, so they flip-flopped they it. Flip-flopped they flip-flopped it. Somehow worked somehow, out for them. Somehow they flip-flopped it. That'll help Jacobs and, and Drake in the long run, but not enough to move any of them up in my ranking significantly. Uh, like not that good of an offensive line. No. Dolphins took an edge rusher. Washington took defense. Here we go. My guy quotes, if you saw the TikTok, Darius Tony. Uh, this is a pick that <laughs> I, apparently everyone killed me for because I, mean, I didn't it was, say it. It wasn't a bad pick. Yeah, but I, I I just I like Bateman. I really like Bateman I mean, more than Tony. Yeah, Bateman's a better wide receiver, but it also depends on what you're going for. If you're going to talk about who I'm going to take for a slot wide receiver, it's not going to be Rashad Bateman over Kadarius Tony. That's for darn sure. Kadarius Tony is a better slot receiver than Bateman. Bateman has a higher ceiling than Tony as a wide receiver for sure. An outside wide receiver, I'm taking Bateman every day of the week. But if I'm looking for a slot guy, Kadarius Tony is who I'm going to go with at that pick, and I think that's what they were looking for because they got Kenny Galladay on the outside. They don't need a Rashad Bateman on the outside. They need a Kenny, uh, uh, a Kadarius Tony there on the middle, and then you've got you know whatever combination of Sterling Shepard and 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 uh, um, Darius Slayton on the outside that you want with Evan Ingram there. You know. I, I mean, I thought it was a great pick for the for the Giants. We know that I like Kadarius Tony quite a bit. He's absolutely electric with the ball in his hands. So here's what I take from this pick: Sterling Shepard, not trusted, irrelevant now in yep. fantasy. Darius Slayton, not trusted, irrelevant now. Very in fantasy. irrelevant. Like, Evan not Ingram, even in my rankings, irrelevant. Evan Ingram, who we thought, hey, he's getting the targets, and I thought, hey, he could turn those into touchdowns. More irrelevant than he was. He's still probably going to be drafted as a. Tight end two or backup tight end. He'll probably be taken as a low end tight end. I am a tight end fifteen. Yeah, yeah so I'm not taking him as a tight end. I, one. So you, maybe he won't be taken. Drop him quite a bit. Kenny Galladay. How much do they really trust Kenny Galladay coming off the injury? And it should be a pretty decent amount. They right? should have drafted offensive line. That's why I didn't yeah. like the pick because yeah. they didn't address that at all. And there were a lot of good offensive linemen at the Darisol. They passed on Darisol yeah. right there at twenty. I, that's why I didn't like it too much. So the yeah. question is, why are they addressing the team need a wide receiver when they just signed a stud wide receiver? Something's up there. Either they don't trust their other two guys that they had, Shepard and got and Would Slayton, you? I mean, every single Galladay. wide receiver there is dealt with injuries. I, here's the thing. I, I think that, you know, though I agree, they probably should have gone offensive line. Their offensive line, in all reality, shouldn't be terrible. You've got Andrew Thomas entering his second year, so you'd really hope he'd step up on top of, you know, a lot of other offensive linemen that they've taken with a lot of first-round picks and drafts in the past uh, who are hopefully going to put it together a little bit more this year. But... Yeah, I mean, you're you're looking at, okay, I mean, th- here's what they did. They're, they're saying Daniel Jones has no more excuses. If Daniel Jones is bad this year, he's gone. I mean, it's a make or break it year for, for Daniel Jones, and they gave him all the weapons that he could possibly need to be successful, and we're going to see what happens. I have Daniel Jones at QB 19, but I so badly want to move him up more, but I can't justify putting him over any other guys. You can't. I can't, you can't. but he has everything in place for him to succeed. Yep. Everything is there. Absolutely everything. And if he puts it together, watch out, because he has that rushing ability. 
and he could definitely take on the number one QB spot. He, every time we talk about Daniel Jones rushing, I just in my head the yes. face planning yeah. on that eighty yard run just builds it. It's so funny. But Kadar- absolutely, yeah. Kadarius Tony right now is at wide receiver sixty five. Uh, nothing too flashy, nothing too special right now. I'd probably go higher just because of upside, but I'm not sure how much higher. I mean, nothing significant. Yeah, but you like, got Daniel Jones throwing to him. Yeah, so that's, how high is the upside, really? I mean, that's fair. Where am I? I mean, definitely below Darnell Mooney, definitely below Henry Ruggs, Demarcus Robinson, Nicole Hardman. Yeah, yeah, I'd actually have him right there, or right around where you have him. Looking, oh, I still uh, have Julian Edelman in my rankings. Oh, well, that seems to like an issue. Out. Yeah, that seems like an issue. Titans went defense, Colts went defense, Vikings went offensive line. Great for Dalvin Cook. Here we go. This is it. The moment we were waiting for. Kind of figured it was the pick. I really hope that doesn't sound terrible. It probably <laughs> did. The Steelers take Najee Harris at pick twenty-four. I have him. If you heard the spoiler earlier, at RB fourteen. They still needed offensive line. After they took Harris, they went tight end, and then they went offensive line. But Harris will have no competition yeah. whatsoever. Najee Harris is awesome. He's an RB2 next year. I've been flip-flopping. Solid. I mentioned DeAndre Swift I had at 13 because I've been flip-flopping him and Harris. I, I, I think I, I've got DeAndre Swift pretty set in stone at 12 now. I've got Najee Harris at 13. Yeah. And I, I do that on purpose because I completely agree with you. Shane, he's, he's not an RB1. That I'm not, or, or I should say, I'm not going to draft him as an RB one. He very well could be an RB one easily. That that offensive line is is the only concern that I have because Najee Harris is going to be a one two three down back for Pittsburgh next year. I'll take him over DeAndre Swift any day of the week. I am over DeAndre Swift. Yeah. I mean, so DeAndre Swift, you basically having a bad offense. I mean, you have Chris Carson as an RB one. Yes. Yeah. I have Carson at nineteen. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. That's the that's 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 what we're all. Different. But Najee Harris, I mean, he is. He's in a great situation, no competition, good offense. I know the line's not there, but it doesn't really matter because he's going to get red zone carries. I love Najee Harris next year. That offense is going to be How is that too so ridiculous for Carson? What, for 19? Yeah. I don't think it's too ridiculous. I just, I, I think you're overcompensating for the amount of pick, the amount of carries that are shot Penny's No, I'm addressing that they didn't take any offensive linemen until 207. Okay. They that's had zero offensive line. That's fair, but Chris Carson also didn't have an offensive line last year and put up RB1 numbers when he was healthy. Well, great. Now they not only probably lost some members of their offensive line, they didn't really gain any for them. Sure. So, okay. Pull I mean, on. I have Gaskin in front of him. I have Montgomery in front of him. I have Clyde, Swift, Harris, Mixon. I don't think those names well, can really Well, I mean, be Mixon, you, you can make the same case for Mixon because Cincinnati yeah. didn't do a great job no. addressing the offensive line either. Better job, but not a great job. Well, they took who in the second round? They took someone in the second round for him. Did they take an offensive lineman in the second round? Mr. Draft Guy, do you not know? I, I mean, I watched it. But Jackson Carmen. Oh, out of, yeah, that was a bad pick. Out of, out of Clemson. That's that's not that great of a pick. They reached for him. That's why. That was my. That was why. They reached for Jackson Carmen. I mean, he's got, like, talent, but he just it never came together at Clemson, and his upside is still, like, not ridiculously high in the NFL, so that was a bit of a reach. I do have Chris Carson above James Robinson now. Yeah. yeah. I have legit. many, That's many fair. people above Enough James Robinson. That's fair. The Jacksonville Jaguars took Travis Etienne at pick 25, ridiculously enough. Wow. Worst pick of the draft. No no question, worst pick of the draft. It's not it, the wor- It's It's not for fantasy, yes. For real life, probably not. No. Because you please your new star quarterback by taking his running back from college. That's fair. 
And, what, you know, they had a few more picks coming up in the second round. They had the first pick of the second round. They had, like, the sixth pick in the second round. So they still ended up addressing offensive line and defense. They got themselves a cornerback. Probably could have taken who's Greg Newsom, I think, was still there yeah. when they took ETN. So maybe you could have done that. Yeah. And if you really wanted to want a running back. Uh, ETN would have still probably been on the No, block. I don't think so. You don't so. think so? You think either the Bills or the Bucks would have taken him? I think he'd be that good. or someone would have traded up or or something like that. But you you know, listen, you got you got a guy that you can use in your offense in a lot of different ways. And if you just want to elevate your offense to the next level, then why not have as many talented players as possible? So here's the thing: this pick makes sense, and it doesn't make sense for a couple of reasons. So first off, it doesn't make sense because James Robinson was basically like the only good player on Jacksonville last year, right. yeah. and suddenly you fill the spot at the same position when there's so many other holes on your team that you could have very easily filled. It makes sense because James Robinson was a fifth round pick, or not undrafted, undrafted. Last, undrafted last year, and isn't he's, he's a good running back, but it's one of those things where yeah, he's a talented running back, but he's not hyper talented, and he'll get the job done, but he's not going to do anything special. Travis, that's I disagree. Something special. I disagree. Look, you've you've always had those gems in the undrafted late rounds in the NFL where everybody just completely misunderstands their ceiling. I don't care that James Robinson was undrafted. We saw what his potential was last year. He was really freaking good. And I really don't think that at this point you can make the case that James Robinson doesn't have the ceiling of Travis Etienne because I think James Robinson has the ceiling of any running back in the NFL. Okay, that's fair. But I, I'm Travis Etienne is a better pass catcher. He'll play a different role in that offense. It kills both of their fantasy values. I agree with that. But I mean, I, I, I have Etienne at 24 and Robinson at 27 in PPR, mainly because we all know that if anything, Etienne's main value will come in the passing game. Uh, so that, listen, I, I don't really want to deal with either of them. No. But the problem is you also have Carlos Hyde there, who is going to play every second snap while James Robinson plays every third snap and Etienne plays every first snap. Like yep. it's going to be a mess. Yep. It really will be a mess unless yep. someone ends up getting hurt and then there's an easier way to look at it, but you can't obviously project that stuff. You can't wish any of that stuff. So I, I will probably avoid the situation unless one of them falls into my lap and I just can't pass up on that value, but let's talk about the Ravens, because I've been waiting to talk about this pick, Rashad Bateman. Your number one rookie wide receiver. In in fantasy? Yeah. No, but oh, he's okay. very was... close. He's number two. Do I have Jamar Chase above him? I have, I have Chase one spot above him. Okay. Ooh, I, I disagree with that. My number one. I mean, I disagree with that, too. I mean, I think Rashad Bateman's my number one. I, I think he steps into a role that was so desperately needed with a quarterback who so desperately needed him with so little competition for targets. It's Mark Andrews. It's this competition for targets. And good competition, sure. But that leaves the, the number two spot for targets, potentially even the number one spot for targets, wide open. And I think Rashad Bateman is, is fairly NFL-ready, second most NFL-ready wide receiver in this draft class, with the best the best quarterback of any of the rookie I wide receivers. I don't who are doubt that at all. And I absolutely can see myself move. You can convince me all you want to move Bateman up, and I probably would. I will yeah. be a huge Bateman supporter next year because... I've been a huge advocate that Hollywood Brown is not a number yep. one wide receiver, and the Ravens no. truly needed to address that need. That's why I moved Mark Andrews down. Yep. Bateman, Bateman forced my hand. He moved Andrews down, what, I guess a spot for Kyle Pitts in my rankings, but I think it's a huge move, and I think it was the right move for them to do. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I mean, Lamar Jackson will probably kick Matthew Stafford out of my top five now just because of that rushing upside That's combined right. I with have, I have his now 
higher passing upside. And Stafford at six. He can throw the ball. We've seen him sling it. Problem was, you know, his sophomore year when he was an MVP candidate, for whatever reason, he played out of his mind. Last year, he came back down to earth a little bit, and thus we really saw the need for another I don't think he's going to get back to that level that he was, but this definitely will elevate his game. Yeah, yeah, that's I, I think I think he can. I mean, with that rushing upside, I don't really care if he gets back to that level. What I care is that he gets back to a decent level, yeah. and then you know you also have the running upside, which is what makes Lamar Jackson so deadly. The problem was last year, teams were forcing him to throw the ball; they would not let him run. And then you know, without the weapons around him, he was struggling a little bit. So, but makes now sense. he's he's got the weapons around him. So if you have Smith at one. Where does Bateman fall? So Bateman's going to be number two for me, for fantasy for next year. I think he's a legitimate guy who can, he's going to be that number one. Everything you guys are saying is right. He's yeah. going to be Lamar Jackson's number one. He's, everything's there. The issue is I just think the Eagles throw the ball a little bit more, and I think Savante Smith's a little more NFL ready. You think Jalen Hurts throws the ball more than Lamar Jackson? I do, yeah. Wow. That's... That's, I mean, wrong. But Ravens, Ravens team is still set up to be a very run nice heavy team. run-heavy so, so team will with the Eagles, Dobbins though. and Edwards. So will the Eagles, though. We got some time left, so now we're going to move into the second round. The Jaguars went defense here with their first pick, and the seven teams before them went defense. So it's time to get back to the offense, talk about the New York Jets getting all the playmakers they can for new quarterback Zach Wilson. They drafted... Elijah Moore. I was shocked. Solid pick. I was shocked because I, I, I was convinced that Joe Douglas, after trading up, would want to trade back, get more picks, get back into the third round. He saw more, and he, I guess he loved him. Which Understandably I, so. I mean, I like Elijah Moore quite a bit. You know, I've got him right there with Rondale Moore, right, as my 7-8 wide receiver, or 6-7 or uh, wide receiver, you know, going into this draft. And, uh, I mean, he's got a lot of talent. The big question with Elijah Moore is, can he ever be a number one wide receiver? It was the same question I had with Rondale Moore. I don't think so. I think that he can be a great number two, but I don't think he can really be a number one. And here's my concern with that wide receiver core. Who's the number one wide receiver? And they have so many I think wide receiver the one, the, yeah. the wide receiver with the highest upside is Denzel Mims. I love that. Denzel though. Mims. I, I, if Denzel Mims steps in as the wide receiver one, you suddenly have a phenomenal wide receiver core. If he doesn't, I really think this wide receiver core is not nearly as good as it should be. I don't so, trust any of it. That's that's the New concern right now. That's the concern right now because Corey Davis cannot be a wide receiver one. We've seen him try at Tennessee. It has not worked out. Unless something has vastly changed in the sixth year of his career or the fifth year. Is this the fifth or sixth year? Fifth year of his career? And from the first three where he couldn't do it. And then last year, obviously, he was good as a number two. I don't, I don't see him being the number one. Elijah Moore, I don't. I'm not convinced has the ceiling of a wide receiver one. I think a great wide receiver two is his ceiling. Denzel Mims, though, does have the ceiling of a wide receiver one. I'm not taking any of those guys in my drafts. I think I'll pass on Mims. I'll probably you pass on You also have a Zach Corey Wilson Davis. who, going into this, uh, going into the draft process, was one of the beneficiaries of a lot of hype, but also, has, especially recently, has started receiving a lot more hate. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I was hyping him up when guy. he was low. Now he's too high, exactly. sort of thing. Yeah, I'm on the same boat as that, so I just don't know how much I trust that Jets All right, fan. let the Jets fan talk now. So, Zach Wilson, I, I've said it many times, so wanted Sam Darnold. Zach Wilson's now the quarterback. I'm not putting too much stock into him right now. From a wide receiving core standpoint, as far as my knowledge goes from what I've heard, that Jameson Crowder will be out the door soon. Yep. 
If not, then we have a problem because, well, not a problem for the Jets, the Jets because you have great wide receivers, but for fantasy because right now you have Corey Davis, you have Elijah Moore, you have Denzel Mims, you have Jamison Crowder, you signed Keelan Cole who can fill in as a wide receiver Cole three a, like a, we saw a, in the Jaguars. That's a solid... He's been the Jaguars' wide receiver one before. Yeah. So you have five guys there that honestly could all be wide receiver twos, if we're going to be honest, on, on different teams. But now they're all on the Jets mishmash together. I think Crowder's gone. I think they have a certain day that they can save a certain amount of money on him if they cut him or trade him or do something with him. Elijah Moore right now I have as, I think, my sixth highest rookie wide receiver in my fantasy ranking, somewhere in the 60s. I'm not buying into it right now. I do have Mims higher than him. Uh, I do have Corey Davis higher than him. Crowder is into oblivion right now because I don't know what's happening with him. But it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Again, Zach Wilson, rookie quarterback, I have him in my quarterback rankings because we didn't really talk about it at 28. So not the high expectations are not high in the first season. Moving on, though, this is where it'll be the most interesting. This could be where we finish the episode today. The Falcons had the 35th pick here in the draft. They could have stayed there and selected a starting running back. They traded out with the Broncos, who selected a running back. Javante Williams. Javante Williams. Some people said he was the best running back in the draft coming out of UNC. The Falcons didn't want that. Let's start with the Broncos situation. They add him into now a running back battle with Melvin Gordon, who, after being my RB14, is now my RB32. Now, I still think Melvin Gordon comes out on top. No. 32? Yeah. I think that's a little I still think Melvin Gordon comes out on top. When you talk about Javante Williams, he's a very good running back right now. Right now, if if I'm looking at what his, you know, how good he is right now, I would have probably had him at RB4. I had him at RB2, though, above Najee Harris because of how young he is and the upside that he has a little bit down the road. And, and I mean, you know, you, so also, you, you also have to look at the math, right? Running backs at the age of 30 typically fall off. Najee Harris is 23. By the time he signs his second four-year contract, he'll be 31 at the end of it, and right? we talked about Williams this, will be 29. What, when you look at what the Broncos just did, was is this a move for now or for later? Because this I, is Gordon's last year on it's, a contract. It's for next team. year. It's a move for next year because they recognize the same thing that I recognize. Williams will have a role in this offense this year. But you still think it. it's Gordon's backfield. But, but, uh, but I will say Gordon's receiving ceiling is much lower now because I think Javante Williams will be primarily used this year as a receiving back with a few touches mixed here and there. But overall, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are a very, very similar style of running back. Like, watching Javante Williams, you see a lot of Melvin Gordon on that tape. A receiver who absolutely can catch the ball, but who is definitely more of a a power back, a, a, you know, rusher. Javante Williams was a linebacker in high school, only been playing uh, running back for, for a little bit. He only played in college. He never even caught half as many passes in a season as a Najee Harris. I do think his ceiling as a receiver is higher, though, because every single year you've seen his average depth of, of targets and depth of catches go up, which is a very good sign of, of you know his route running ability. I mean, last year he had 12.2 yards per catch, which is pretty good for a running back. And, you know, it, it was two, two yards per catch higher than the season before, which you like to see. But, you know, it's, it's, I definitely think Williams will take a back seat 
to Melvin Gordon this year, but Melvin Gordon's gone next year. That's why the Broncos selected him. I think that's fair. Last year, Melvin Gordon finished his RB14, and it's not like he slowed down when Philip Lindsay came back and he had competition for touches. I would I be think, dropping him. I would I'll be dropping drop him, him a little bit. I think he's still a solid RB2, though. I think I, he's a low-end RB2. Yeah, I'd put him as a low-end RB2 now. Yeah, I'll probably... Listen, I, I, I could definitely move him up a little bit. There, There's just... Once you reach a certain point... In the rankings for running back, I think when it's like right, right around 22, 23, you're looking at committee splits. Yeah. And yep. it's at that point, who do you think comes out on top? And with, more than that, more who do you think? Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, my, That's my God. Mind. That's a thing the episode's over. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that You know, it's, it's also who do you think can be the most productive with the fewest touches? That's another question you have to ask yourself. I think Gordon can be one of those guys who's productive with fewer touches. Yeah, I would take Gordon over a lot of the other guys in that tier as well. You would take Gordon over J.K. Dobbins? No, I have I have J.K. Dobbins what higher than both J. of you guys. J.K. Dobbins? He's also the starting running back. There. Yeah, you have him at, in the 30s? I have him at 18. No, I have him at 21. Okay. okay. That's no. a similar tier. Yeah, okay. You, you, said, you, 20, you said 22 and down. J.K. Dobbins at 21. I know. Okay. I'm starting with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. You have Melvin Gordon above Josh Jacobs? No. Oh, I'll put Melvin Gordon. I think that's close. You think so? I, I mean, I think close. it's close. I, I would put him... Uh, I've said it before. I think Jacob says the talent to beat out Drake, so that's I'd, why I have him above him. Yeah, I, I, I mean, absolutely. I have Jacobs above Kenny and Drake as well. I've got Josh Jacobs at twenty-four. I, at, well, right now I have Mike Davis at twenty-five. Though Mike Davis is about to go shooting up the board. Um, I'll probably, as of right now, have Melvin Gordon at twenty-six, one spot above Raheem Mostert. That's too high for Mostert, still. They drafted Trey Sermon, and we're going to talk about that next episode. That's the next big beneficiary yeah. in that backfield. We'll see. That's it? We'll see? Yep. We'll That's see. your response? Well, my response is I don't think Trey Sermon's all that. I think he's overrated. And I think he received a lot of unne- un- unnecessary hype just because of how he performed in the national uh, championship or in the, the f- football playoffs. And so I'm not concerned about Trey Sermon is what I mean by we'll see. Talking about the Falcons real quick, I do have Mike Davis still at 28. I think that's almost exactly where I had him before all this happened because I was still projecting him to be the starter. I don't think he is starter caliber, and I think we saw last season the absolute highs and the lowest of lows when he had five straight weeks of eight points. Uh, So I'm not putting all my faith into him being the clear-cut starter for Atlanta. They they did add Cord- Don't tell me to wrap up. I'm talking. Okay, but we do need to wrap up. They still added Cordero Patterson to that backfield who's going to take touches away. Take like three touches a game. I'm not concerned about Cordero Patterson. Yeah. Not, not one bit. I watched him all you know, last year. Gone. They, they still have Brian Hill, which is someone that, that you no, can as, as a running back, oh, that's right. Patterson's, Patterson's fantastic as a gimmick player, but as a pure running back, he just does not get the job done. It's He's not. That great. doesn't mean they're not going to give him touches. They, yes, they'll give him they like have three out of the game. There are touches that will go to Mike Davis. They'll maybe take. Well, three here's what's going to happen. They're going to sign Adrian yes, Peterson but... before the season starts oh, to be their starter. You know what? You are probably actually right about that. <laughs> if we're going to be honest, and that's where we're going to end it today. That's going to do it. Fantasy Football Laboratory, fflaboratory.com. We have things updated there. You can find our updated rankings. You can find stuff on the draft. You can find stuff previewing next season. A lot of great things up on there. And follow us on TikTok at FF Laboratory. I'm posting there constantly. So it's always a fun time for the Chemist Shack. McGrath, Spitfire, Lucas Parrish. I am the King of Trade, Shane Palma. Have a great day.